Jets fans, Winnipeg is currently in the midst of a 15-7-1 record, and as if to add a little bit of spice to the drama, Winnipeg is welcoming back former head coach Paul Maurice for a major match between the Florida Panthers and Winnipeg Jets. Will the Jets prevail and prove that Rick Bonus's brand new era is the key to winning ways? Or will Maurice remind the Jets of what they once were when he was head coach earlier in uh, his career? We'll talk about what to expect with this game and some crazy trade rumors circling around the Vancouver Canucks on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Jets fans, welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, the Jets are playing the Florida Panthers today, and this is a big game for a couple of reasons. The first is that this is the first time Paul Maurice has returned to Winnipeg since he resigned last year. Obviously, that was a, a bit of a surprising move for some. You know, we all sort of figured Maurice probably wasn't getting fired uh, so the only way that he would ever leave was if he took a step back himself and fired himself instead, which, you know, with a cushy position like the Jets, why would you leave? But, you know, towards the end of his tenure, you got the sense the locker room had turned against him, players were tuning him out, and he just wasn't really the right guy to lead the team, which a number of us have said for many years. I, I think we all kind of knew that his tenure had run its course, was a little overlong, uh, and change was definitely overdue. So he's since gone to the, to the Florida Panthers. Um, the Jets hired Rick Bonus and had Dave Lowry as an interim manager as well. And we've seen a couple of different trends with these teams. You know, the Lowry-led Jets weren't so good. Uh, in fact, they were very disorganized, maybe among the worst tenures we've had with the Jets. Um, but, you know, Rick Bonus seemingly has the Jets kind of trending towards more positive hockey. It's not consistent, and we still don't really know what this Jets team is quite yet, but generally speaking, you know, at least as like an average squad, which is more watchable than some of like the lottery hockey of the last few years. Now, if you ask Panthers fans what's going on with the Florida Panthers, they would probably give you a very different picture. Everything seems to be super doom and gloom with them. The Panthers are 12, 9, and 4 right now, which is kind of odd because you look at that team on paper and they really should be one of the top scoring teams and top overall teams in the entire league. But since Maurice has taken over, things haven't quite gone according to plan. And what would cause this Panthers team, which is actually among the league leaders in, in goal scoring, what is sinking this team, right? As it turns out, well, <laughs> uh, a lot of people have turned their eyes towards Paul Maurice. I've seen petitions to fire him from Panthers fans. And what's really funny is when you look at the underlying metrics for this team, you know, the, the scoring chance creation, the expected goals differentials, 
They all favor the Panthers by a pretty good margin. I mean, Florida is top five, top 10 for most statistical categories. So it's not like this team is playing poorly. It seems like there are some defensive lapses, but more importantly, the guy between the sticks in net hasn't really been doing the best job. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky in particular has really struggled this year. He's posting a, a you know sub 900 save percentage, which is obviously not so good. Uh, Spencer Knight has done a pretty good job backing him up so far and looks like he probably should be the starter going forward. But, you know, Spencer's pretty young. He hasn't really had a ton of NHL time yet. And becoming the lead starter is obviously a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. And when uh, Florida acquired Matthew Tuchuk, of course, they sent Mackenzie Weger the other way. And Weger, I, I would say, is a pretty big loss. That defense was already a little bit on thin ice. Aaron Ekblad constantly gets injured, so you tend to see a lot of stress on that blue line. Then they added, I think it was Mark Stahl, um, which I don't really know why Stahl would be a player the Panthers would really be interested in. I don't think his style of defense really translates uh, to the way that this team plays, but their blue line's kind of atrocious, and on top of that, they have very poor goaltending outside of Spencer. So it's been a strange start to the year. Now, I, I think you could expect at least part of this team to sort of rebound and become, you know, uh, playoff contenders. I think already the offense is there. You know, the forwards are doing a lot of really good things. There's plenty of depth up and down the four lines. So I don't really worry about that so much. But I do kind of wonder if at least, you know, in the front office, maybe there's a thought that the Paul Maurice hiring was kind of a mistake. I personally don't know how much Andrew Burnett really would have accomplished with this team over what Maurice is doing. Burnett was very fun. Obviously, he had the, you know, had the Panthers playing very high octane hockey. It was constant high event stuff, but that kind of went both ways, right? The Panthers weren't always structured. They weren't always organized. And you could kind of tell that Burnett was sort of figuring things out on the job. But, you know, since joining the New Jersey Devils, New Jersey's offense has really taken flight. They're dominating, dominating most of their opponents, so maybe sticking with Brunette would have been the better choice either way, but regardless, you know, it's all in the past now. Uh, the decisions have all been made, and the Jets have a pretty tough team to face here. Uh, the Panthers are fast. They're very skilled. They've got excellent passing, and when they get on the power play, you really have to watch out for a lot of their key cogs. In a little bit, we'll take a look at some of their most important players, which guys have really been lighting the lamp this year which players have maybe, you know, not quite impressed as much, whether it's because, you know, there's just some poor shooting percentage, maybe some poor luck. Either way, you know, the Panthers are probably hoping to ask for a little bit more from some of their key, key contributors. But we'll take a look at that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Simply Safe. At Locked On Jets, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the peace of mind with the protection from the number one rated home security system at Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Jets listeners 40% off a new security system, and you don't really want to put this off. Why would you be interested in Simply Safe? Well, I personally recommend it because they have a ton of great features. They've got a great app that allows you to view crystal clear HD quality security cam footage. So whether you're at home or away, you can always have peace of mind with a total security package that lets you check in on your house and make sure that things are looking pretty okay. But you're not the only one looking at it. 
You're uh, you're you're always backed by their 24/7 professional monitoring agents who use FastProtect technology, which is exclusive to Simply Safe. It allows them to take a wide variety of data and check in on all of their sensors to make sure that first off, whatever threat you're facing is legitimate, and that they can also uh, dispatch first responders, uh, especially you know police prioritization, if something very serious is happening at your home, and they can detect detect things like floods, fires, break-ins. Whatever the threat is, Simply Safe has your back, and it's why they've been named the best home security system of 2022 for the third year in a row. Now, if you're also wondering how much is this stuff, well, Simply Safe costs about a dollar a day, and that's less than half of the price of traditional home security systems. So you really can't go wrong. And like I said, this is the perfect time to get in because they have a special offer just for you. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're taking a look at Winnipeg versus uh, the Florida Panthers and thinking about some stratagems for how to slow the steam down. Uh, the Panthers are a very dangerous squad. We've seen them overwhelm opponents. And were it not for sketchy goaltending, this Panthers team would probably be uh, near the top of the NHL right now in the standings. As it is, they're a little more middle of the pack, right? So nine regulation losses looks pretty ugly, but I think this team is significantly better than that. Now, we'll take a look at a few players I think that are really worth sta- uh, mentioning and guys who really stand out. But before we go any further, though, I do want to recommend that you make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, Locked On Sports Today helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts, providing you insights that only Locked On has to offer. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, same as where Locked On Jets is available. As always, it is free, and we love and appreciate your support. Now, looking at the Panthers roster, obviously a few names really jump out off the bat. Uh, the biggest one right now is Matthew Tuchuk, which Jets fans have a lot of painful memories and, and a lot of, I would say, bad blood with. This dude has seemingly been responsible for so many of the most frustrating moments of Jets' recent playoff excursions over the past couple of years. You know, we had that one year where he broke Mark Shifley's collarbone. Whether it was accidental or intentional, I, I could never really say. Personally, I thought I think the actual foul itself, I think he was trying to muscle, but you know, um, I, I think what ultimately happened with that, he was not intending Shifley to fall into the boards and break his collarbone like that. That wasn't really what he was going for. But either way, you know, Chuchuk always seems to have a frustrating history with the Jets, so I'm sure he'll be seeing the Boo Birds tomorrow. In terms of his offensive production, though, yeah, he has been a, a monster for this team. Dude has like 33, 34 points for this team so far. He's been one of their team leaders. And, you know, look, this team doesn't have the the kind of talent uh, or, or finishing that maybe some of the world's best teams like Tampa Bay in their prime or some of these other squads have had. But what makes them really special is that instead of looking for like the most elite finishers in the league, they have this crazy amount of, of scoring by committee. They have so many really good players up and down the lineup, and Tuchuk is kind of like the crown jewel of it. You also saw Alexander Barkov, who has had a few injury troubles this year, but he continues to be a, a key catalyst for this team. 
But, you know, you're seeing underrated players like Carter Verhage, uh, Sam Bennett, who they acquired in trade, Brandon Montour, who they, you know, basically got for a, a pretty low price, if I recall correctly. Montour kind of floated around the Ducks and Sabres, but really didn't find a home. And now since he's joined the Panthers, he's got, you know, 21 points in 23 games. So this team is very interesting. But then you start going down the lineup of scorers and you're starting to realize that some of the forwards haven't really contributed as much as you would expect. Sam Reinhart's got 15 points in 25 games. Respectable, but not amazing. Uh, A2 Listerinen has like 14 points in 25 games. And then from there, you're starting to see that despite the top of the roster, you know, racking up nearly a point per game, the, the further down you go, you realize the depth apparently kind of dries up a little bit. Anton Lindell continues to be pretty good. He's got 13 points in 24 games, but a lot of this is, you know, guys assisting on other player goals. So it's interesting, right? I, I know that this Panthers team is super dangerous and I can kind of see why they are, are still a pretty top team, but you do kind of wonder who's really finishing a lot of these opportunities. It looks like Verhage and Tuchuk are doing most of it, but you know, where are the other finishers? When you look at a team like the, the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, it's easy to point out Landeskog, McKinnon, uh, Rontanen, you know, at one time Burakovsky when everyone was there and healthy, but this team, you know, there's, there's a decent balance of scoring up and down the lineup, but I, I kind of wonder if this year the offense takes a bit of a step back overall. So against this Panthers team, I, I think the Jets have a legitimate chance. They really need to rely on the third and fourth lines, though. I think you really want to give David Gustafson a lot of room to roam. Lowry, they definitely trust a lot, but I think Gus is one of those players who the Jets really need to make a, a key part of their tactical plan. His matchup ability, his forechecking presence, his two-way play, and the fact that he can create some really good offense in the slot for me, makes him a really potent force. And against the Panthers team that has this much speed and skill, letting him control the puck, letting him force turnovers, and letting him be the wrecking ball that he is, I just think is going to lead to a lot more success. Winnipeg's top six could probably use a little bit more support from the bottom six anyways, as it is. Not so much in scoring necessarily, but just in providing offensive support and puck presence further up the ice, the less the top six has to do to create the better off life will be. It'd be nice if the Jets could keep rolling those four waves of pressure like they used to when Maurice was uh, uh, managing that 2017-2018 team. So I, I think Florida presents a beatable team, but you really can't give them power plays. This team has a lot of scoring skill, and while they might not have like a ton of elite finishing talent necessarily, what they often do is just really good passing, quick puck movements, rapid counters, and a lot of puck... Uh, distribution that really stretches teams and creates good goal scoring openings for guys who you wouldn't necessarily expect. I mean, you're looking at the scoring and you see Gustav Forsling somewhere in the, like the top six scores. So kind of an interesting year for the Panthers. I'm very curious to see what they look like tomorrow, or I guess today it's tomorrow as of this recording, but today uh, that you're listening to this, uh, you know, this, this is a team that I think the Jets can definitely take, but whether they actually will, it's going to rely on Hellebuck, I'm sure. It usually does anyways, right? So uh, let's hope Hellebuck can really carry us. But in the meantime, obviously, speaking of finishing talent, I've mentioned in the past that I think the Jets have the, you know a similar issue, right? A little bit more of a disparity for the Jets. You notice that the goal scoring this year hasn't exactly been prolific, barring a few games against super weak teams. And 
The Vancouver Canucks are apparently very open for shop, including Brock Besser. In a little bit, I want to talk about whether players like Besser really make sense or if there are other players that might be worth shopping for, even if, you know, the Jets are probably going to have to pony up and pay a few more assets than they might for Besser. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We're just going to wrap up really quickly with some final thoughts on uh, what's going on with the Canucks and some interesting rumors. Brock Besser was supposed to be healthy scratched against Montreal, as far as I heard, but apparently he actually did play. Sounds like there was like an emergency need for him to get in, maybe an injury of some sort, but long and short of it is, Besser seems to be on the outs, and it's not hard to see why. This season, his points production has been modest. I think it's been okay, but... The thing with Brock is that he's being paid like six and a half million, a little bit more than that. And he's got a contract for about three years, including this season, right? So a couple of years ago, you know, you rewind the clock. Besser was one of the most exciting goal scoring talents Vancouver had brought in. Dude had a monster shot, very smart offensive instincts. He was a pretty gifted skater and he actually contributed in a two-way play a lot more than people realized. Present day, things have changed a lot. Uh, a lot of upper body injuries, some wrist stuff. It's all seemingly taken some of the bite out of his greatest goal scoring asset, which is his shot. And I think that has had a, a noticeable impact. Now, past couple of years, he's still potting like 22, 23 goals a season. And, you know, you're looking at his points totals. He's somewhere around half a pointish per game, I would say. Not exactly like lighting the world on fire, but a guy who's doing a pretty good job in like a second line role would probably be where you'd be expecting him uh, to really thrive, but you're not paying him second line money, right? Like 6.65 million. It's, it's getting close to first line money. It's not entirely there yet, but it's pretty close. And so I think Vancouver is, is trying to reset, uh, you know, the button on his, on his, I guess, career and themselves. I mean, they probably feel like that cap space could be better served, maybe buying defensemen or something, I don't even know what the Canucks front office wants to do. Sometimes it's a bit of a mystery to the to the Canucks, I'm pretty sure. But I think Besser, for me, he's not a player that I'm really willing to take the, the waiver on. I think even at a discounted price, which Vancouver is currently offering because of his cap hit, it's just it's too much of a risk. And the likelihood that Besser gets injured again is pretty high. I love him, and I think at one point I was very high on him, and I thought he would have been perfect for the Jets. But with a cap hit that he's got and the injury history and the lack of goal production, I, I kind of wonder. Now, I, I think you do project his skill sets to be something that would really fit the Jets, both at even strength and on the power play. But, you know, by the same token, the reason Besser would probably even be coming in is because Ehlers is already out and the Jets are needing a goal scoring boost. So if he's not chipping them in as frequently this year, you know, is it because of his wrist? Is it because he's just not getting in good positions? What's going on with that? A lot of questions. Um, and and when I see this on the same score sheet, I'm looking at Andre Kuzmenko, who's been lighting it up. He's got like 12 goals this year, maybe uh, 11 or 12 assists. He's been very good for the Canucks, one of their top scorers. And, you know, he's a player who's on an expiring deal. He was a free agent signing for like almost a, a little over league minimum. And ever since he's joined the Canucks, he's just really lit, lit it up. And he's the kind of player that I think the Jets would rather go for. You know, he's a short-term rental for Winnipeg, but in terms of elite finishing, he seemingly has it. I mean, every time he touches the puck and shoots it, it seems to go in. So 
you know, if the Jets are really willing to take a swing on a guy who you could also potentially extend longer term if you wanted to, Kuzmenko is definitely a very intriguing option. I like his vision. I like his space creation. He's got, you know, very good puck control. And of course, his scoring ability is really hard to question. And he doesn't really have like a super long track record in the NHL yet. So who even knows if his contract extension would be that expensive. But with this Jets team, I think he'd eat pretty well. And I think he'd probably be getting a nice fat raise on his next deal. Now, the other player that I could t- you know potentially see being an option is maybe like Connor Garland. But, you know, Garland also hasn't really been putting a ton of, go- of goals away. But, you know, the off the puck stuff that he does, the way that he moves and his longer track record of, of success makes me think that if you put him in a supportive environment like the Jets, he will thrive and he will come good for this team. So a lot of options for the Jets. I'm a little cooler on Besser than I used to be, especially with the cap hit, but I'd be curious to know your thoughts. Let me know in the comments below or on my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Also tell me any other trade targets you might be interested in and anyone you want to hear more about. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. It gives you the biggest stories of the day, plus instant instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on all of the same platforms that we are, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.